0: Matthew 27 45 through 51 says this. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, This man. Is calling Elijah, and one of them at once ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. If you are new to a Good Friday service, you might be wondering, like, why so dark? Why so somber? Why is everybody wearing black? I mean, don't we know Easter is coming, right? That even if you're new to the church, new to Christianity, you know something about Easter, Jesus rises from the dead. So why so dark? Why so somber? And the reality is to, to really understand and really celebrate. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and the glory of that, we first have to understand the the grief of his death. And so tonight, just for a couple moments, we're going to dig into this passage and really just ask two simple questions. And and while the questions are are simple, the answers are profound. And I believe if we get these answers, it will change the way, not only the way we view Jesus' death but the way we view our lives. And so our first question is simply this, what happened on Good Friday? We just read it, but I wanna help you you picture it. And the first thing I wanna help you picture is that Jesus is up on a cross. You see, the design of a cross was twofold to, to make people suffer, but also to make them seen that it was about physical pain, but also public shame. They wanted everybody to see, so they put you up high on a cross. And as we look at history and we look at scholars, we know that on that cross, and we even see it in the text, it's the six hour, he's, he's been nailed to this wooden beam up high for about six hours, and we know there's several ways he could have died. There was acute shock from blood loss. There was suffocation from being too exhausted to even breathe. There was death from dehydration. There was heart attack induced by stress. But again, it wasn't just physical pain. It was public shame. So as we try to picture this, and you try to picture Jesus up high on a cross, being shamed, humiliated, Then we know from earlier in Matthew 27 that they divided up Jesus' garments. It said they cast lots for them. Basically, they were shooting dice to see who could get the clothes of Jesus Christ. So most likely, Jesus didn't have clothes on. Elevated up in his suffering, he was also seen. And it wasn't just that he was disgraced by a lack of clothing, He was also disgraced by the level of company. You see, Jesus wasn't by himself on a cross getting an honorary death. He was next to two criminals, two robbers. Just let that sink in for a moment. Jesus Christ, the sinless Son of God, Colossians tells us he's before all things, he's above all things, that all things come from him. And in this moment, elevated up on a cross, he's dying a death that criminals died right next to him. Completely disgraced. And we see that verse, and you probably caught it verse 48 someone gives Jesus some sour wine. Did you notice that? And it's in a couple different gospel accounts. And sometimes we think, okay, well, well, at least there were some people taking care of Jesus. At least there were some people trying to support Jesus. And the reality is, if you look at the context, they are mocking Jesus. They're saying, hey, wait, just let's see if Elijah comes first. But in other gospel accounts, they called him king of the Jews, and that wasn't a compliment. They were mocking him, and so they give him the sour wine as a narcotic so they could stretch out the mocking, so they could stretch out the physical pain, so they could stretch out the public shame of Jesus Christ, the Lord of all the universe, the perfect, sinless Son of God. As we look at history, we see a Roman philosopher named Cicero, he he described the cross this way. He said, to bind a Roman citizen is a crime. To flog him is an abomination. To kill him is an act of murder. But to crucify him is what? There is no fitting word that can possibly describe so horrible a deed. But there actually was a word invented to describe the cross. It's our word excruciating. It literally means out of the cross. So as you think about what happened on Good Good Friday, what, what happened on the cross, Jesus Christ, the sinless Son of God, the Lord of the universe, was beaten, brutally killed, and publicly shamed. And I think some of us hear that and maybe we're just a little bit uncomfortable right now. Tim, why, why do we gotta talk about all this? Why, why all the gory details? Why so, so graphic and, and gruesome? It's because my, my fear is the cross has become all too common for us. We see it on buildings, we see it on hospitals, we see it on t-shirts, we see it tatted on people's arms so much so that we could become numb to it. And yet, when, when early church picked a symbol for Christianity, they picked the cross, not because it was a cute trinket to go on your necklace, but because it was the epitome of sacrificial love of Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, giving up his life in a gruesome death that an eternity of hell that we deserved was poured out on him on the cross. And my fear for us is that we go to Good Friday services and we go to Easter Sunday services and maybe for some of us, we go to every Sunday service and we have become numb to the cross that we could see it lit up on a stage every Sunday and we could have the right words to say and we know when to stand up and and sit down And maybe we even raise a hand in worship, but the reality is we see that cross and we are left unmoved. We are left unchecked in our sin. And that's a tragedy. And so we carve out Good Friday to let it sink in. What happened on Good Friday? This is what happened and we need to see it. Before we can get to the glory of resurrection, we have to sink down deep in the the grief of death. So that necessitates our our last question is, okay, so if this is Good Friday, how in the world do we call it good? I mean, what we just described, how in the world is this good? When does it get good? Here's where it gets good. The first thing is this death, Jesus' brutal death, saves us from death. You see in the text, a a darkness is covering the land. Jesus is crying out, why have you forsaken me to God the Father in heaven? And maybe you thought, why is it so dark there? Why does he feel forsaken? It was because in that moment, it wasn't just the weight of the cross on Jesus. It was the weight of the sin of humanity on Jesus. And not just the sin of people out there, not just the sin of people in prison, not just the sin of the people of the different political party than you. It was your sin and my sin. It was sins in our past, sins in our present, sins in our future. It was sins of commission, sins of omission. It was the lust and the adultery It was the pride and the bitter anger. It was the lashing out at people on social media. But it was also the desire to do that. And all of sin was put on Jesus, so it's dark. And so Jesus in his humanity cries out, God, why why have you forsaken me? all of our sin in that moment was put on Jesus, and not just all of our sin, but all of wrath for sin. You see, the cross was this this place where the love of God and the justice of God collided. That word justice, we're, we're hearing a lot about in our day and people are crying out for, for justice. You need to know that if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you worship a God who is perfectly just. And what we see happening on Good Friday, what we see happening on the cross was God, holy and just, executing justice for all wrongdoing. And all the wrongdoing that we are crying out for in our day, all the the racism, all the riots, all the murders, all the violence, all the hate, all the things that maybe some of you have cried out we need justice for, that was being poured out on Jesus. But not just those things, it was all the things you don't even see that nobody posts about on social media that we don't even experience but are happening in our world. It was all the evil words and deeds but also the thoughts and motives. It was all of sin and all of wrath being poured out. Justice, holy and righteous wrath was being executed in that moment for all the sin you've committed, for all the sin that has been committed against you, for all the things that you're crying out. God, when will you bring justice? And as we describe the gory and gruesome details of the cross, you can see hopefully he brought it. But it's not just that when we look at the cross, we see the justice of God. We also see the sacrificial love of God. This is where it gets Good Friday. It's because all of that pain, all of that suffering, all of that public shame up on a cross, all of that is what we deserve yet in the amazing grace of God, he doesn't pour it out on you or me. He pours it out entirely upon himself. Why is it Good Friday? Listen, that's not the question. The question is, why isn't it Great Friday? Amen? His death saved you from death. The love and justice of God collided on your behalf. But it's not just that. His death freed you from from shame. Did you notice in the text at the end, the the rocks are being split and the earth is is shaking and we see there's a curtain in the temple that's torn and, and you get the really specific details, it's torn into two and it's torn from top to bottom. You see, in the Old Testament, to engage a holy God as a sinful person, there had to be a barrier, there had to be a curtain, a covering between you and that holy God. And so you had to do all kinds of things like wash hands and sacrifice animals, and there had to be this curtain. And you see in this moment, the curtain is torn into two from top to bottom, and that means that if you know Jesus Christ, that you no longer need a curtain with God the Father. You are clothed in garments of grace. And so right now in this moment, if you have trusted Jesus, what he did on the cross, his love, his justice for you, right now in this moment, no matter what you did last night, no matter what you thought about today, God looks at you And He doesn't see your sin, no, He sees His sinless Son. And He, get this, He loves you. Right where you are, right as you are, not as you should be, but right as you are on this Good Friday in 2021. God loves you, God wants to meet with you. There's no more covering up your sin. There's no more hiding it. There's no more washing yourself up to go to God. There's no more shame. Why is it Good Friday? Why is it not great, amazing Friday, amen? This is what happened on Good Friday. This is why we call it Good Friday. But here's the reality. We forget this, right? The cross has become known, we go through rituals, we go to church on Sunday, we come for these traditional services on Easter weekend and we forget the massive implications of what the cross means for us. Instead of working with a torn curtain and complete access to God, many of us are trying to stitch that curtain back together with our good deeds and our religion and are still covering up our shame and our sin and our pride and our lust and and our adultery and our gossip and our greed. And many of us, we don't remember the effects of the cross on your behalf. And so tonight, the way we remember is we take communion. We take the the cracker and the juice that you got when you walked in at home. You grab the elements as well, and you, you take those, and not just look at the cross and look at some juice and it's hard to open and, and leave. You, you remember the cross. You remember the, the devastating effects of your sin and my sin, but you also remember the amazing grace of our Savior. And you remember both. You see the fullness of your sin, but you also see the final payment of Jesus made for your sin. So as we take communion, I just want to ask you, we're going to sing Amazing Grace in a moment, but before we sing, the band's just going to play, and listen, we don't get this time much, but this is why you came to Good Friday, amen? amen? To reflect on the devastating effects of your sin, but also the amazing grace of your Savior. This is why you're here. There are no accidents, only appointments. You are here to consider your sin and to celebrate your Savior. So just take a moment to do that. Bow your heads with me in this moment. If you're at home, just just bow your heads with me. Take a moment to reflect. And just consider, confess your sin. Jesus paid for it. Will you confess it? Think through your thoughts, your words, your deeds, the public sins, but also the the private ones, the so-called respectable ones, but also the perverse ones. Just maybe quietly whisper that to God, silently tell that to God, and just say, God, I confess, and just start to name that sin. to tell him that sin sin and guilt and conviction begins to weigh you down, you need to also take a moment to celebrate his amazing grace. Would you just tell him right now, God, thank you for forgiving me. You could tell him out loud, just, God, thank you for forgiving me. You could tell him like you believe it, God, thank you for forgiving me. God, thank you for your amazing grace. Just tell him right now. You have it. Thank him for it. And then I would invite you to take communion and, and pray with the person next to you. And then I would invite you to sing and declare his amazing grace for you tonight. God, we we take this communion and even as we open it, God, I pray that it would just hit a little bit differently. God, that we would see fully our sin, but we would also see your final payment for it. God, help us not to go through another Good Friday and Easter Sunday without realizing we have been saved from death and freed from shame. God, we can reflect on that. We can declare that tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Everybody said